What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Rico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeRico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. Make sure you're checking out EthosFantasyBB. We post all of our new content over there, podcasts, articles, different news and notes that our guys are sharing throughout the day. Everything is at your disposal if you go follow that account. If you're not somebody who is on Twitter, go to SportsEthos.com. You can find all that same stuff under the MLB tab and everything else we got going. We recently uh, launched our NFL Draft Guide, which is very cool. There is a ton of stuff that they're sharing out, too. Uh, on the football page, Ethos Fantasy FB, they're giving little teasers away every single day. They've got offensive line rankings. They've got, I mean, I can't even go through all the football stuff because I'm not a football guy. If you are a fantasy football person, go and check it out because there's definitely something for you over there. Uh, I don't play a ton of fantasy football, so I'd sound like an ass if I'm trying to explain uh, the cool features that they have. Our football guys have been working incredibly hard for the last several months to put together a great package. It's very affordable as well. $4 a month for our premium football package. It's really cool stuff. So make sure you're going to sportsethos.com, regardless of if you're on Twitter or not, uh, just to see all the great new stuff we've got on the website over there. But today we're going to be doing what we usually do on Tuesdays. It is a mailbag episode. We're going to be going through your questions from Twitter. We have, uh, let's see how many questions we got here, about 15 of them or so. I really appreciate you guys sending those in and interacting with us. So we're going to talk about those questions that you guys sent in here. The first one we got... Hold on to Brendan Donovan at first base or switch out for Spencer Torkelson. I'm okay to take a chance on Spencer Torkelson here. Uh, he's making me kind of eat my words. Like a month or about a month ago, I was saying, ah, I don't know about Torkelson. You know, he's not looking great at the major league level. He might just be a bust. He's not got a great batting average. He's still batting 216 over the last month, 228 for the season, but he's got eight homers over the last month, four of them in the last week. Uh, so there's something that is kind of interesting there. I mean, he did you know hit one of them at Coors Field, and he had a really good series there. But he also hit two of them against Texas last week. Actually, three of them he hit against Texas. Uh, so there is, I think there's some potential there for Torque to be a good fantasy asset. I really like Brendan Donovan. I think that he can be a really useful fantasy player. It, he kind of cooled off after that hot start he had of the season. But don't look now. He's batting 280, nine homers, four steals. He's not an everyday player, per se. Uh, he plays fairly regularly he is dealing with an arm problem right now uh that he's going to be going through a no throw program throughout the uh the all-star break so he'll probably be back after there's no structural damage according to the reports uh this is just i think some kind of strain i believe uh and he did have a pinch hit at bat today as well so I don't think it's that serious. I think there is still some value to be had in holding on to Brandon Donovan when he is in that lineup. He kind of bounces around, but he's an occasional leadoff hitter for a decent offense. I know it sounds crazy to call St. Louis a decent offense, but at the end of the day, even though they're a last-place team, they're about middle of the pack offensively, 12th in runs, 13th in hits. They're ninth in on-base percentage, 8th in OPS. They're 7th in homers. They're actually a plus offensive team, and if you got Donovan getting at-bats leading off there, there can be some value, not to mention the multi-positional eligibility you got. Donovan, especially on Yahoo, first, second, third, short, and outfield. There is definitely value there. I think there's some higher upside with Torkelson, but I do think that the safer floor play is probably Donovan. But I, I think that you can take a chance on Torkelson there. It's not like Donovan is going to be flying off of waiver wires most likely, especially now with an arm injury. He's 56% rostered on Yahoo right now. And Torkelson is currently sitting at 24. Uh, so they're both generally available. I wouldn't have any problem with taking a shot on Spencer Torkelson right now. Uh, remain patient with Bryce Harper and keep Yuri Perez. Yes and yes. I mean, you, if you can try and sell high on Yuri Perez, still I would be inclined to do it. You know, people were giving me a, a, a big hard time about that before. 
I, I don't, I'm not going to take any lap because he had a bad start the other day. That was bound to happen. Uh, Atlanta absolutely massacred him. I think it was six runs in the third of an inning. It might be kind of hard to sell high on him now after that, but if you can, I'm still inclined to do it. I think that they're still going to try and limit him a little bit here and there down the stretch. Maybe they go to six-man rotation. Maybe they just skip a start here and there. There could be some holes. Now, when I did my rest-of-season starting pitcher rankings, I put Yuri Perez as number one because there's a, few, there's a few reasons. I think with Miami in the playoff hunt, they're not going to just shut him down. They're not going to send him down or shut him down or do whatever. Like They might limit him a little bit. I still think there's going to be a lot of run that Yuri Perez gets down the stretch, especially if Miami is able to you know, stay in the race. Because don't look now, Miami is second place in the National League East, not something that anybody would have expected, and they're only three games out of a wild card spot. So it's kind of disingenuous move to shut them down early unless they kind of do you know, like a Steven Strasburg move uh, from when he was a rookie. And I don't know how many people will remember that, but you know the Nationals are doing well. They're going to the playoffs, and they shut down Steven Strasburg because they didn't want to take any chance of him getting hurt. Uh, there's more details that go into that whole story. I think he had an injury that he was coming off of or something like that, and they didn't want to take any chances. We could see them do something like that. I don't know that they're going to endear themselves to the fan base by shutting down Yuri. I don't think it's a move that they can really sell to the fans. Uh, so I think he'll likely, more likely than not, get a good run down the stretch in the second half. So I, I don't feel any need to panic. That being said, if you can still sell relatively high on him, you're still looking at a 247 ERA, a 112 whip, and you want to get somebody more stable, somebody with zero chance of shutdown, then I'm okay with that. But I, I'm also very, very cool to hang on to Yuri Perez. The second half of that question, Bryce Harper, or maybe that was the first half, uh, I, I don't know. There's nothing you can really do with Bryce Harper. I mean, what's, what's, what's the move here? You know, remain patient, question mark. That was, that was the question here. You can try and sell him, I guess. He's coming off of four straight multi-hit games. I feel like he's going to be fine. Now, the power hasn't really been there, but we're talking about somebody who is batting, and he, again, a couple hits today. Uh, let me just see what the batting average is after today. Um, let's see, 297. 297 batting average after today. He's got 31 runs, 23 ribbies. Only three homers is a concern, but he's still producing. So I, I don't know that there's that much concern. If you want to try and sell Bryce Harper off the name value, if you're getting back a top 50 or so player, then I don't have a problem with it. But I just don't think that there's that much that we need to really be that concerned about here with Bryce Harper. I am very confident that down the stretch we're going to see regular return to normal Bryce Harper. Will he be hitting 40 home runs? For this season, no. Will it be 30? No. But like 20? I think we can see 20 home runs from Bryce Harper. All he needs is a hot week to hit four or five in a week, and then you're right back on track for like a 20-ish home run season. I don't have any problems uh, holding on to Bryce Harper and kind of just riding it out, hoping that he does get better. It admittedly has not been great, but I'm not really that concerned about him down the stretch. And I mean, that hasn't been great also comes with nearly a 300 average. You know, that's just kind of where our expectations are for Bryce Harper. It's been a fairly solid season fantasy-wise since he's come back. We're still talking about less than 200 at-bats here, and he's giving you good value. It's just a matter of, is this what we were hoping for from Bryce Harper? Maybe not quite exactly, but just be patient. I'm sure it'll come. When Judge comes back, would you be looking to sell? Seems like the injury won't fully heal until the offseason. Another one that's very tricky. You know, There was a, a report today, and they've had reports the last couple days about how his activities are being upped. Uh, today he was light-hitting. Uh, hitting off a tee and taking some soft toss. So I think that he'll be back eventually. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't need to be at 100% to be giving you, you know, Aaron Judge numbers. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a toe injury, right? So it's not like he's coming back from a shoulder or an elbow or an arm or a hand or anything like that that's going to impact his swing. The toe 
it might impact how you plant a little bit. It might have some small, small effect. But it's not something that I'm going to say, oh, his power is going to be zapped. There's going to be no value in Aaron Judge. <clears throat> the, the, he predominantly has value through the power numbers. We haven't really seen the steals so far this year, three of them. It's the 19 homers. It's the power stats. It's the good batting average. And I don't think that will be affected by the toe. Like I, the, way, the reason, I mean, the answer, I should say, that I put here on Twitter is I wouldn't be opposed to seeing the offers that are out there because uh, the question was, should I be trying to sell them? <clears throat> if you're getting a great offer back, if you're getting an offer back of a top, you know, a first-round player, essentially, that should be the price for Aaron Judge, uh, then uh, by all means, you know, if you're getting back a Jose Ramirez, if you're getting back Corbin Carroll, you're getting back Freddie Freeman, th- no problem, you know, but once you start getting into second, third, fourth rounders, I don't know if they'll be able to recoup that value that Judge will have down the stretch, assuming he is healthy, and I would have to assume that down the stretch, <clears throat> he will, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I got something in my throat, uh, I got to assume that he'll be healthier than what we saw in the first half, which hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't played in the last month now, so... Once he gets back, it was a freak injury, right? It's not something you have to be like, oh, he's injury prone or we have to be worried about that. No, it was a freak injury. Once he's healthy, he should be good to go. So if you want to try and sell, I would, but don't do it at any kind of discount. Make sure you're getting a you know requisite first round kind of talent back for Aaron Judge because that is what he is worth. Uh, Andrew Abbott or Zach Wheeler rest of the season? Kind of tricky because Abbott's been so good. Wheeler has really not been that great this season, but you still have to go with the established arm in Zach Wheeler, I think. Uh, it's, I'm not ready. I'm not quite ready yet uh, to move off of him in in this particular conversation. Right? I just sent out a tweet about Andrew Abbott yesterday or the day before about how he's a sell high. He hasn't allowed an inherited base runner to score. You know, we talked about it on the pod, uh, and I, I just don't know that there's going to be that much success for Andrew Abbott going down the stretch. Whereas Zach Wheeler, you're still getting fairly solid production on him. He has been horrible: 403 ERA, 119 WHIP, good K's, seven victories. He's the guy I would take, even though it hasn't been quite as sunny recently. Uh, I'm still going with Zach Wheeler. you got to go with the established guy there versus the young guy who is still fairly unproven. You know, a few good starts. And I love Andrew Abbott. Don't get me wrong. I've spent a bunch of fab on him. But I'm not ready to move him ahead of Zach Wheeler. Uh, safe to drop Starling Marte for Eloy. Says he doesn't need steals. And also considering dropping Gavin Williams for Brian Bayo. Yes, I would do that. Bayo is looking really good. He's got um, nearly a sub-3 ERA. He's breaking out this season. No problem there. Williams could potentially be good, but best case scenario is he turns into Brian Bayo, essentially. Uh, you know, we got a good start and a bad start out of him. Will we see, you know, as good as what we've seen from Bayo down the stretch? I doubt it. Uh, I'll take I'll take Brian Bayo there pretty easily. I'm not dropping Starling Marte, especially not for Eloy Jimenez. You know, these both guys that have injury concerns, but I think with Marte, you're looking at a guy who has a much safer floor for fantasy. Even if you just look at what he did today, uh, he'd give you, a, you know, the old combo meal. He had a home run and stole a base, and that's the, the value that you get from Starling Marte. You're getting production all across the board. With Eloy Jimenez, he's actually been very good recently. Uh, I was looking into his numbers today once I was asked this question, and over the last month, Eloy's been really, really good. Uh, six homers, 17 RBIs, a 297 batting average. It's just I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. Uh, you know, there's certain guys, and you you hear all the analysis of, oh, well, guys are injury prone until they're not, and then they're, you know, they'll be healthy. When we got somebody with Eloy with his track record of just constantly being hurt, <clears throat> I don't have any kind of faith that he'll stay healthy. So that's essentially where I'm coming from here. He's done very well over these last couple of weeks, but I just don't have any faith that he'll be on the field consistently down the stretch. That's where this comes from. I'm keeping Starling Marte there if uh, if you're asking me, and you are asking me because it was <laughs> the question was asked of me, of course. Uh, but let's keep going. How would you rank Taj Bradley, Tariq Skubal, Mike Soroka, and Kenta Maeda? So Kenta Maeda today, again, really, really great outing from him. 
Uh, we're looking at seven innings, one run ball, nine strikeouts. It was against Kansas City, but it's coming on the heels of a good start against Atlanta and a good start against Detroit. He's looked really, really good since returning. I'm very glad I held him in the leagues where I did. Uh, he'd be number one for me there, followed by Taj Bradley. Hasn't been the greatest couple of starts for him, but you're still looking at great upside, great strikeout numbers you're going to get on one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball. Uh, you know, a couple of, couple of rough outings, Seattle and Arizona. I don't expect that to continue to this degree. People are dropping him like flies uh, over on Yahoo, going down from 60 to nearly 50% rostered over the last week. And the ERA is very inflated for the season. I understand it, but the upside is there. The strikeouts are there. You're not going to find this kind of upside on the waiver wire in most leagues, uh, specifically with regards to the Ks. So Bradley would be second for me. Tariq Skubal just coming back off of an injury. How is he going to look? Well, so far he's got four shutout innings, six strikeouts today. It is against the Oakland Athletics, so you have to kind of note that. Uh, but he would be third for me there. And then Mike Soroka would be fourth. You know, I, I like Mike Soroka. I guess he wants to be called Michael Soroka nowadays. He was very good against Miami a couple days ago. He'll be starting again against Cleveland this week, but the track record is really not that great with Mike Soroka. A long, long time since he's been a successful major league pitcher, and I, I, I don't think he's going to be bad, but I would have him fourth uh, out of these guys that are listed here. Should I drop Tyler Glass now for Reed Detmers? I wouldn't drop Tyler Glass now. I'm nowhere near ready to do that. Glass now is really excellent. I mean, I know it's been kind of a rough going for him so far, ERA-wise, whip-wise. He's got 56 strikeouts in 36 innings. Uh, I mean, I know the results haven't been there in terms of allowing runs. You know, Baltimore got to him. Seattle did a little bit. Even Oakland did a little bit, uh, which is obviously not great. But it's Tyler Glass now. Like, when he's healthy, he's you could make an argument. When he is healthy, he's a top 15 pitcher in the league, at worst. His stuff is absolutely filthy. Uh, absolutely filthy. I was watching some of that Seattle start, and, you know, he gives up a few runs. He gets chased in the sixth inning. He strikes out 11 batters, though. And, again, we're talking three runs on seven hits. It wasn't a bad outing. I, I just can't get behind the idea of dropping glass now anywhere. Now, Reed Detmers needs to be picked up in all formats. He's up to 69% rostered on Yahoo. It needs to be a lot higher than that. Over the last month, he's the 15th-ranked player across baseball. That's pitchers, that's hitters, that's everybody. 31 and two-thirds innings, 43 Ks. He's got a 1.42 ERA and a .79 whip. Like, he has been absolutely excellent. I was asked last week if I want Detmers or Alcantara rest of the season. Very happily took Reed Detmers, and I'm very happy with the early returns there. If you look at even the whole season numbers, they're looking as good as they did last year. You know, if you look at the ratios, look at the strikeout numbers, after what was a piss-poor start to the year for him where he was getting dropped all over the place, he's now looking like he's you know, as good as we've ever seen him. So uh, there's no reason to leave Reed Detmers on the waiver wire, but there's got to be somebody worse on your team that you can be dropping other than Tyler Glass now. Can't be dropping Glass now. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Time to drop Tony Gonsolin in a 10-team points league. Absolutely. Uh, I don't see Tony Gonsolin as being a huge points league asset anyway. You're not getting a lot of strikeouts out of him. You're kind of just hoping for good ratios, which is not really as important in a points league. Uh, you know, he's getting shit on by Houston, or excuse me, by Kansas City in his last start. He was bad against Houston. He was bad against San Francisco. Bad against Cincy. Bad against Atlanta. And there's some good teams mixed in there. Uh, but he's just not somebody that's trustworthy. We could all see it from a mile away last year with a 214 ERA, .87 whip. He had 16 wins. He was going to be overdrafted wherever he was going this year. Not that he was an egregiously high pick, but he was not somebody I was interested in. I'm even less interested now after seeing the product this season, especially recently, a 639 ERA over the last month in a 10-team league. Uh, I would have got rid of him a while ago, to be honest with you. He's still 82% rostered on Yahoo!, uh, I think that that's a crazy high number. I definitely keep that one a lot lower if it were up to me. Uh, Gonsolin should be dropped in a lot more leagues than he is. 
Ian Happ, is he expendable in a 10-team points? Or excuse me, this one isn't a points league. The previous one was. 10-team league. I didn't get any more specifics on that. But again, 10-team league, almost everybody's expendable in a 10-team league. There's so much value on the waiver wire. If someone's not cutting it, especially kind of – I'm not talking about like, you know, top 100 kind of players. Those are not guys you just cut and, you know, churn and burn on your roster. But Ian Happ, over the last month, three homers, one steal, batting 224. For the whole season, you got seven homers, you got six steals, you're batting 254. I just, I'm really, <clears throat> really not that interested at all in Ian Happ. I just, I just don't think that he is that great of an asset for fantasy. I came into the year pretty excited for Ian Happ as kind of like a cheap late outfield option. You know, last year, 17 homers, nine steals, he batted 271, but it's been a pretty rough going for him. Uh, in 10 team leagues, more than happy to drop him at this point. Is Joe Adele an immediate add? <sighs> No, I, I can't go out on that limb for Joe Adele because he's just never really been a good baseball player in the major leagues. Uh, I mean, he played one game earlier this year. He hit a home run. He went, went right back down. The power could potentially be there. Could he give you a bit of speed? Yes, maybe. Uh, but we really just don't know what the hell is going to happen with Joe Adele. Now, Mike Trout is hurt, so Adele is taking his spot on the roster. It's a hamate fracture, it looks like, for Mike Trout, which, holy shit, not good news. It looks like it's going to be six eight weeks, anywhere from four to eight weeks, but I'll tend to lean on the longer side of that kind of timeline, hand injury in baseball. No good, regardless of what you do, pitching, hitting, fielding, whatever. Hands are the most essential element of the game there. So I'm going to take the longer end of that timeline for Trout. Maybe Adele gets some run, but he's never really done anything with the run he's been given in Major League Baseball over the last, God, how many years have we been doing this with Joe Adele? Three years, four years? I'm not even sure how long it's been where he's got these cups of coffee and he's shit. And he goes down to AAA, and he just mashes. And then he comes back up, and then it's the chicken or the egg. I'm not even sure which one came first at this point, whether he started in the majors or AAA. Obviously, it's a joke. But he's been awful. He's been terrible at the major league level. Yes, he's mashing in the minors. He's always done that. He's always done that. You know, it's, it's never been a problem about him dominating in the minors. Everybody gets very excited. He was added in 4% of Yahoo leagues. If you're in a deep one and you want to take a flyer on him, then all right. But to call him an immediate ad, must-roster player, anything along those lines, I can't do it. I just don't see him as being that great of an asset. Could this be when he figures it out and makes us all look stupid? Absolutely. But as of right now, I'm just not that interested in adding Joe Adele. But that'll do it for us, guys. I really appreciate everybody hanging out today for the Mailbag Show. Tomorrow, we'll be rejoined by our good friend Paul Spore. He'll be joining the show for the third, fourth. I'm not even sure how many times Paul's been here. But we're going to be talking about some of those injuries. We're going to be talking about Mike Trout. We'll talk about Alec Manoa a little bit, and we'll go over some news of the day. Still exactly pulling that whole sheet together. But Paul Spore will join us tomorrow afternoon, and you'll get that one in your feeds tomorrow early evening, late afternoon kind of period. So make sure you're subscribing to the pod if you haven't done so already. Make sure you're leaving us reviews, too. I haven't mentioned that in a while, but if you do enjoy the pod, leave a five-star rating. I got a message today on Instagram, somebody saying – not Instagram, Jesus – on Twitter, uh, somebody saying, like, hey, I, I really like the podcast. I gave it a five-star review means the world. That means more than following on Twitter. That means more than sharing stuff on Twitter. The reviews on the podcast side, this is my baby, right? This, this show is my baby. We've done 342 consecutive weekdays. If you want to show some support, not asking for money, nothing like that, just leave a five-star review on the podcast. That is the best way you can help me out. Helps out Sports Ethos. Helps us all grow. It makes it easier for you, too, not to rate it, but if you download the podcast and have it there in your feed, there's some people who rely on... I can see the numbers, right? People who click from Twitter on the links of podcasts. And sometimes it's upwards of 50 people who will click on a link from our Twitter account to listen to a podcast. I, I like you listening regardless, but it's a lot easier for you 
if you are downloading the show every single day, it helps me because maybe there's a day you don't listen, but you still download. We'll take that. We'll take those numbers. Uh, again, we're still, eh, we're not in our infancy anymore. We're in year two, but we'll take any help we can get from you guys. I really appreciate all that. But yeah, make sure you're here tomorrow for Paul Spore. We're going to be talking some recent news. And until then, take care. Have a great night, everybody. And cheers. We'll see you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.